Hey, hey, welcome back to another broadcast of In the Trenches. Today, I sit down with Tom Schwab, who's the founder of Interview Valet, which is a podcast booking service. So if you've ever wanted to get onto a podcast as a guest, Tom and Interview Valet can help. In today's conversation, Tom and I talk about a few different things. First, we begin with the state of podcasting, what's happening in the podcasting space right now, which I believe that podcasting is a subset of just content marketing and content as a whole. And there are some big shifts in the content landscape online, everything from blogging to YouTube and, of course, to podcasting, and how all those changes are impacting the types of podcasts people listen to, what makes a podcast compelling, and so forth. We also talk about the trends and what we see as the future of podcasting. So I talk a little bit about my perspective on kind of the macro growth and connectivity and the advances in technology that make things like podcasting so much more accessible, while Tom provides some really great statistics that him and his company have compiled over the last months and years to give us an idea of where everything's going. So that's kind of fun too, even if you're just curious about the space, even if you're not diving straight into it. But on the practical side of things, we also talk about what makes a podcast a lead generation tool. So if you want to use a podcast, if you want to be a guest on a podcast and use that to generate traffic, leads, and of course sales, what do you need to do to make that happen? So Tom walks us through his process, some things like the types of landing pages to create, why we need to think about mobile optimization first, and much, much more. So without further ado, let's get to it. So Tom, the place I want to start with is let's discuss the state of podcasting, if you will, like the current state of podcasting. I think podcasts came onto the, or podcasting kind of came into the scene the last, like, I don't know, five years, maybe earlier than that. I have no idea, actually, now that I think about it. I know I kind of got into the game around 2014. No, so it must have been around longer than that. I don't think I was that early an adopter. But give us like a snapshot of the current state of podcasting and where you see it going in 2018 and beyond. Yeah. And Tom, that's a great question because to me, uh, podcasting started when you started to listen to it, right? But uh, it's really about, about a dozen years out there. And I've asked my girls, my youngest two, what's the pod stand in podcasting? And they roll their eyes and say, well, I don't know, dad, what's podcasting stand for? And it's like, that was the old days when you had to have an iPod and you had to plug it in to the computer and download and everything. And really, podcasting is really on-demand radio now. You know, often the, the studies will say 30 to 40, maybe 50 percent of the U.S. population has listened to a podcast. But I've often asked people, well, do you listen to podcasts? And they're like, no. But then you start asking them about different shows that they listen to. And it could be, um, you know, an NPR show. And I'd be like, well, that's a podcast. Or they love Sirius XM. Well, there's a lot of content there that is even repurposed. Um, even sometimes terrestrial radio. I remember about a year ago, um, I was – uh, got calls from two buddies from uh, the military that said, hey, I didn't realize you were in town. Let's get together tonight for dinner. And I called them back and I'm like, why do you think I'm in Tucson, Arizona? And they said, well, we heard you on the morning drive. Uh, and when I pieced it all together, it was a podcast interview that I had done months before that got picked up and rebroadcast. So to me, podcast is really on-demand radio, and I think that's why it's so powerful. You can – a lot of new cars, you can download it straight to there. You can download it to phones. Um, it's one of – it's the only medium that you can listen to when you want, where you want, at the speed you want, 
and multitask while you're doing it. Um, and so from that standpoint, I just see great upsides for podcasting in there. And uh, so many podcasts now, they'll throw video on it and you know throw it up to YouTube. I don't know. Is that a podcast or is that something else? Still the same thing. Some people will transcribe them and, and put them up as blog. Still podcasting at its heart. You know, some people will take it, put B-roll film over it and put it up on Facebook. So to me, it's just really audio content and, uh, you know, it will never hit a hundred percent. Somebody asked me, you know, when do you think, you know, it'll hit a hundred percent? I'm like, well, television, radio, and newspapers never hit that. But to me, you've got always going to have that portion of people that are audio learners that this fits their life best. So I think that's only going to increase. Uh, one of the things we have seen in the data is that the average podcast listener now is better educated, above average income, and listens to seven hours of content um, a week. So from that standpoint, uh, for a lot of people, that's their ideal customer. I was just going to bring that up, actually, because only anecdotally can I uh, point to that. I don't have the data, but from my experience, it's always fascinating to me when people reach out to me uh, who have found me via listening to my podcast versus, say, uh, the email list or other ways. And one thing I would say that seems to be consistent across the board when people have been listening to the podcast or that's where they found me, uh, it's typically like professionals, um, like well-paid professionals, um, business owners, um, you know, that are doing relatively well. Uh, whereas with my email list and some of the, the whereas the the people who reach out to me who find me, say, organically via Google are more like people just getting started who are just bootstrapping. And so it's, it's just fascinating to look at, that, look at that because for me, it's like that's one of the reasons I like to do the podcast. I know not everybody listens to my podcast, but I find that the demographic of people who do are absolutely the kind of people who I want to be talking to. Like they're the ones who I can provide the most value to with the services and, and the ways I can help them grow their business. And it's just really fascinating to me. So you mentioned you have data on that. I'm curious, do you guys compile this like internally or how do you, how were, how are you able to measure that and to see that, that that's, that you can prove that case um, so, statistically? Yeah. That data came from Edison Research. They put it out something um, every year on that. Um, we do a study also. It's called the um, State of Podcast Interviews. So each year we reach out. Last year it was to over 10,000 different marketers, uh, guests, and podcast hosts and asked, asked a series of questions on that. And it was really interesting to see because, you know, being inside of it, you think, oh, everybody – believes the same way I do. Uh, but once we started to, to ask the questions, um, we got some really surprising answers. Like one of them was what's the best return on investment in for your marketing time and dollars. And I thought, okay, podcast interview marketing will be up there. Um, but I was surprised when it beat Facebook and email marketing. And now granted it was just by a small bit, but marketers out there were saying that podcast interviews are converting and providing better return on investment than Facebook or email marketing. And Tom, I really believe in five years, people will talk about podcast interview marketing as just another channel. We, we work with a lot of software as a service companies now. And, you know, I love working with them because 
they track everything. They know how much each lead costs, how much each customer conversion costs from each channel. And uh, they've come to us with numbers. And uh, I can remember one of them said, do you think you can beat this number with podcast interviews? And I looked at it and it was probably the most politically incorrect thing I've ever said to a customer. But I said, you could show up drunk on a podcast and beat that number. Well, um, after a quarter, when they beat that number, they doubled down and uh, we've become friends since. And uh, they joke that someday they're going to do that just to test the theory. But really, uh, from the standpoint of marketing at its heart, is starting a conversation with somebody that could be an ideal customer. You know, podcasts are a great, great way to do that. I particularly like podcasting and, and YouTube. YouTube like conversations and interviews. Uh, that's kind of actually, I probably watch more YouTube actually, surprisingly, because I'm always at my desk. I'm not necessarily watching, but, you know, whether it's a video recording or whatever of, of interviews. So I, I do listen. So fundamentally kind of the same, same deal as podcasts. Um, and I like the long form. I really appreciate that. And I and what's just so cool and so fascinating about the era we live in is that now it long form conversations are accessible to anyone. Whereas before you always get the forced soundbite of some news organization and I think it's becoming clear as day that that's one of the reasons TVs or uh, we'll say news stations uh, and just television in general is dying because it has to force something into a particular format, a particular length of time. And you don't get any real, it's hard to get much value out of that because people are reduced to a soundbite. Yeah, there's these long, oh, go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry, exactly, it's, it's depth. And I think that's one of the trends we're seeing as podcasting matures. You know, it started out and doing a good interview can be tough. And it, it was easier for the host and the guest at times to ask, you know, the same five questions to everybody. And I think that's really starting to die out. You know, NPR came in um, and really raised the bar for everybody. And I think it, you're right, that long form, authentic dialogue. Uh, you see those shows, those are the ones that are really um, not only doing well, uh, but growing and uh, and their subscribers are, are really adamant. And they're fanatics. Yeah. And and so one of the things I'm curious about is, so I have a few questions I want to get into, but I think probably maybe the place to start would be for those people. You mentioned that podcasting is uh, converts really well. That's, it's interesting to me because in my experience, I find that it's not uh, nearly as effective um, as some of the other strategies I've used. But, and, but the metric I would be using probably there is like, subscribers. And so a lot of times I don't have my stuff necessarily that locked down tight for a podcast, like if I'm a guest on it. And so it's really actually hard for me to say, except anecdotally, like when people let me know that they found me through the podcast. So it's, it's it, my, my numbers are off. Like I'll, I'll be honest, but I, I also find that while it's a great demographic to get in front of, it's really hard to go from podcast and the typical way somebody listens to it to going and taking action on something. So it's a great medium for educating and teaching. I don't see it as the best medium for uh, turning uh, or, or using as a as a medium for calls to action, like something visual. Uh, but you're you're kind of proving me wrong based on what you're saying. So explain to me how that I can take advantage if I'm a podcast guest, if I'm a, if I'm a guest on a podcast, how I can take best advantage of that podcast. And, and let's, let's just assume that the person actually has good points. They're smart. They're articulate. They have all that going for them. Um, if there's anything to get into in terms of like best ways to, to 
to handle the conversation. That's great. But also I just want to talk uh, the big thing I think as well is like, let's assume you're engaging. How do you actually turn those new listeners into say subscribers or trial, uh, new trial, uh, opt-ins or, or sales? You know, and I would agree with you 100% and disagree at the same time. So I agree that Good. that's what these conversations are all about. Right. And, you know, <laughs> I, I can agree and disagree with myself at times, but right. podcasts are an awful place to sell. You know, nobody wants a um, an, an, an infomercial. And I'd agree with that on, I think, the Internet overall. I don't go to the Internet so somebody can sell something to me. I go to get an answer to my question. Right. And those people that answer that question the best get the no like and trust. They attract me. We engage. And ultimately, I, I become a customer of theirs. So with that, I think you've got to use that same framework. I, I'm I'm an average communicator. And even I acknowledge that there is no way I can answer every question and give every resource to somebody in a 20 or a 40 minute interview. Right. You talk about long form dialogue. Well, you're just sort of opening that stuff up and to talk about something and not give them a place to go is actually a disservice to them. Like one of the things that I'll talk about when people ask, you know, well, how do you get on your first podcast? Well, you know, there's like six things that I've, I've said, you know, the secrets, they're not secrets to getting on your first podcast. Well, if I just list all of those, that doesn't serve anybody right? They're multitasking. So not that I'm trying to sell or sign them up, but give them a place to go to get that. Um, if there's more information, uh, a video training, uh, something that you can serve them with, give them a place to go to. And then finally, if somebody listened to you and really resonated with what you had to say, well, don't make them hunt you down to find you. Um, you know, there's a, a client of ours, uh, Bill Troy wrote a great book called, uh, clicksand, how digital marketing is destroying your business. And one of the points he makes is that whales don't go through funnels and, and, uh, big fish don't click. So from that standpoint, if you're, uh, if you're selling a dollar 99 product yeah, you can put somebody through a sales funnel, but if you're selling a high value relationship based product, um, where you're really looking at customer lifetime value, well, you've got to give them a chance that after they've heard you for 20, 40, what, whatever uh, minutes, that you've got to give them a way to connect with you. So I think there's very soft ways that you can do that. Uh, one of the things that our testing has already always shown, and I've talked to some people that present from the stage, and they're like, yeah, that's that's how you do it from the stage. And podcasts really are just a digital stage is to give people three ways to say yes. So a small yes, a medium yes, and then a heck yes, where they come you know, ready to engage. Can you elaborate on those three yeses? Um, like what might be an example? Um, I'll pull back the curtain. Okay, so um, here's exactly how I would do it on a podcast interview. So if, if we were talking about how to get booked on your first podcast, you know, I'd say, um, I'd tell a couple of those and I'd say, Hey, you know, if you want to hear, if you want a download of this, it's not behind a form or anything, everything that Tom and I talked about, I'll just put that at interviewvalet.com before, dot com forward slash trenches. So you've given them a place to go. You've given them a small yes. And now you can see how a welcome page works. If you go there, right? You have no idea who Tom Schwab looks like, but you know who Tom the host looks like. 
you know what the artwork for the host looks like. So our testing has shown that if you send them to that page and the first thing they see is the orange logo for in the trenches and you see Tom's picture, those trust seals keep it from bouncing you know, people just leaving and it also increases the um, conversion rates. So on that page, then there'd be some boilerplate text and then the three yeses, the small yes, the medium yes, and the heck yes. So for me, a lot of times the medium yes could be a free copy of my book, right? I wrote a book called Podcast Guest Profits. You can buy it on Amazon, but I give more away free, just the the digital download. So that might be the medium yes, right? It's a little bit more time, uh, but if somebody's interested in doing this, and then finally, the big yes, if somebody has has listened to me and they're like, wow, that would work in my business, uh, I'll say something like, you know, if, if the, any of this resonated with you, if you'd uh, like to see the best practices and how this could apply to you, why don't you just go over to that same page, interviewvalet.com forward slash trenches, and I'll put a link to my calendar. Grab a time on my calendar, and I'd be thrilled, you know, to give you a 15-minute assessment of your business and how you could use podcast interview marketing. So you see there with all of those, I'm giving more information, more tools, all the rest of that. But I'm never saying, hey, um, you know, buy something here, because one of the things that a podcast host pointed out to me, uh, Doug Sandler from the nice guys on business, he said, um, if you do a good job on a podcast, you don't have to promote yourself. The host will promote you. And that's one of the things we always teach our clients is, you know, your goal for being there is to make the host look like a genius for having you. Yeah, I like that a lot. And I agree. No use to sell on a podcast makes no sense. And it, I think you have to take it from the approach of uh, this is something that will be out there in perpetuity. And so what helps me today, tomorrow, next week, next year is probably a good way to think about it. I, I wonder where the future of podcasting will go in terms of back, you know, back, what do you call it? I don't know, back back order content. I don't even know what you describe that or like really old uh, episodes. What do you guys call that? Is there a um, evergreen content. Well, yeah, but how about stuff uh, that like if somebody's producing like uh, a, you know, daily episode for years, like John Lee Dumas, a buddy of mine, and, and he's like got thousands of episodes. Like what do you call like those original episodes? Is that, is there a term for that in podcasting? Cause we know it's evergreen. And yeah. It's always there kind of, but is there, I just wondering um, if there's a technical term. I've never heard of a technical term for that. That being said, our oldest client, oldest, our, our client that's been with us the longest and has the, the biggest experience has got podcasts now that are out almost four years. And the amazing part is, is that he still gets traffic, leads, and sales from those. And we know that because, remember, um, you can also attribute the traffic. So if I gave out a, a special URL if you showed up to that URL, the only way you're going to find that is through the podcast. And the other thing that really helps with that, too, is that, you know, if I talk about a product and right now it's it's 2018, if somebody's listening to this in 2020 and I just sent them to my homepage, it could be totally different. So if they're if they listen to it two years later, you wouldn't want them to come be disappointed, the traffic bounce, and really you lose that. Um, so from that standpoint, for the evergreen content, you can make an evergreen place for them to go to. Yep, yep, that makes sense. Okay, so, and and that was actually, you touched on it. So do you typically recommend like a, a unique landing page for every single guest podcast that you would be on? I mean, it could be fundamentally the same, you're just duplicating or something like that. 
But is that something you typically recommend? I know you guys, it seems like you guys recommend from the outside. uh, My perception is that you do have people create like these special landing pages. Um, Is it one? Is it multiple? One per episode? Or or how do you typically, uh, what do you recommend for your clients? Yeah, I always say that everybody's got an opinion, uh, but we look at the data for what actually works. And we've tested this over and over and over time, and it always comes back the same way. If you send them to a dedicated welcome page, so it's a little bit different than a landing page, right? It's got the navigation. If they want to look around, they can. But we make one of those for each and every podcast interview um, and recommend that because it not only allows you to attribute the traffic to say where it came from, but it gives uh, a special um, feel. So now that you you just don't send them to a generic page and those trust seals of the podcast artwork and the host picture, that increases your conversion rates, right? It's a, it's a trust seal. It's almost like um, uh, the old Better Business logo or something uh, next to it because this is a, a friend of theirs. They, they trust them. And it cuts down on the bounce rate because a lot of people are going to a podcast or going to the site after listening to it on a podcast from a mobile device. That traffic is t- um, prone to bounce. But if the first thing they see is, you know, um, the in the trenches logo and Tom's picture, they know they're on the right place. So the traffic doesn't bounce nearly as much. That makes you wonder if then. When you think about podcast marketing, like from this perspective, that it would be, well, maybe this is just common sense, but I'm just thinking out loud here, that it, it's it's crucial then to actually be mobile optimized for podcasting. And you could say, well, mobile optimized for everything, but, but maybe even thinking in terms of that first before anything else, because probably the typical person is actually going to be on their phone. And, and then if there's something where you could even have the call to action instead of it being, say, like opt-in, which is kind of clunky, maybe it's like a one-button uh, opt into the Facebook Messenger. Not that I'm suggesting you do that or that that's even a good strategy, but people are already on their phone. They're probably already logged into it. That actually might be a really compelling way to uh, to turn that traffic into into leads. What you do with it after that, of, of course, that, that would depend. But have you guys m- tested anything like that? Uh, we've tested some with like um, uh, bots and Facebook Messengers. Yeah, I, it, it didn't, out. Uh, the verdict is still out there. We're also testing... Um, uh, text to opt in, opt in also. Yeah. The, the, um, the, ver- the, um, the verdict's still out on that one also. Okay. See, you got to let me know when you have some data on that. I actually, that's one of the things I would actually just love to t- uh, test out even just my own, with my own podcast. So as this goes live, somebody listens to it, maybe I have a call to action at the beginning of the episode or end to have somebody do something. Uh, I mean, mine, I really don't have any calls to action in my podcast at all. It just kind of ends and I say, well, go check out the show notes, which is, you know, it does what it does. But I am actually now kind of curious how I could optimize even uh, my own podcast, the one that I'm hosting, um, let alone, of course, than what other people could do if they are um, a guest and channeling that traffic. So, and that kind of segues into my next question here. What do you, what do you recommend? And I, because I know you guys have a, have a, uh, your hand on the pulse of just podcasting in general in the space. In terms of like the future, you had mentioned some people are like repurposing content, taking podcasts, putting them on YouTube, doing B-roll over it. Um, obviously, I know a few people, more than a few, who do like video interviews and then they repurpose that into podcast content. Um, and so maybe it's a perspective on both of these, a combination. But in terms of like the future of podcasting, where do you see are like going to be the the developments that actually get people um, more interested 
in your podcast. So like if you're the podcast host, so this is a selfish question. I'm wondering like what I could do to be at say the forefront besides just doing what I'm doing, which is, you know, recording, doing some editing, publishing. But if there's something I could be doing here, whether it is, and perhaps that is from the repurposing that you guys have seen that works really well or anything like that, where there's ways I could just create more value out of my own podcast and for listeners fundamentally, any thoughts or suggestions on that? I think the better question or bigger question on that is what's the future of content, right? right. So well, yeah, so, they, there you go. Yeah. What in podcasting, I just look at that as it's content if you want to call it audio or whatever. So I think there was a couple points in there that you hit on. One is produce it in the way that's easiest to you and distribute it in the way that's best for your customers. So for some people, um, they don't mind or they love being on video. So for them, it's really easy to do a video podcast and then rip off the audio to do an audio only. Um, so for them, they're comfortable with that. Personally, for me, um, I can write a blog, um, but it's, it's homework, right? Uh, it, it, it's a homework assignment. I love talking. So with that, I can answer questions and then transcribe that, you know, temi.com for 10 cents a minute and get that transcribed, then have somebody else clean it up to make it into a blog. So for me, it's really looking to saying, which way can I put out the maximum volume and quality of content? And then what tools can I use to repurpose that so that people can consume it in the way they want? Because I think it's, it's vain to think just because I like to put out audio that all my customers are going to want to consume it in that way. So to me, that's, that's really the, um, uh, sort of an underlying thing. And I think we've got the technology to do that. Going back to your question also is that the more people we can get connected in something, the better it is. You know, there was an old joke on how do you sell a newspaper in a small town? You know, you put everybody's name in it because everybody will buy it. And their mom will buy five copies, right? So get people involved in it. I see a lot of podcasters do this um, where they'll reference like a previous um, episode they did. So we'll be in the middle of a conversation. They're like, you know, we talked with so-and-so back on um, episode whatever. And uh, that was that he went into that also. And, you know, if you're if you're interested in that, go back to that point. And I think that's very important because it helps people um find the content better. And if they're just, you know, if they've got seven hours of content they're listening to and you're putting out one hour of content, um, give them a reason to go back and listen something in your, um, archives there. So Mm, I I would do that. that. The other thing is getting people involved also. Um, so, um, mentioning, you know, people that like leave reviews. I I think there's something about that. Um, I can think of some podcasts out there, legends and losers, you know, at the end, he always gives shout outs to people. And there's a lot of podcasts when the interview wraps up, um, you know, or when they're toward the end, making their pitch, a lot of times I'll just, you know, go to the next one. But I tell you what, when, when Christopher Lockhead puts all those shout outs at the end, um, I stick around, uh, for the, for who he's going to give the shout out to. And one of the funny things he always does is, you know, some big, uh, national leader or, uh, somebody in the news, they'll always throw out there. Sorry, we really wanted to get you on, but we ran out of time. So it's sort of funny at the very end there. So I think the more people we can get involved, um, you know, bringing that whole community together, that helps also. Yeah, I, 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 it makes a lot of sense to me, and because I've been thinking about this recently, like the future of 2018 and beyond, 
um, what does the digital marketing landscape look like? And so just looking at the fundamentals, like the macro, and then bring it down to the, uh, you know, the micro, really, and, and the, the tangible things somebody can do to capitalize. The increase of connectivity across the globe, there's an increase in the average purchase volume per person across the globe. So right now it's at about 10% of, uh, for I think the across the globe, 10% of all sales, uh, retail sales are purchased online. That actually is like seems surprisingly low to me. Um, and I, obviously it's averaged out, but that's climbing. So, and then the, the amount of people who are actually making the majority of their purchases online, so over 50% of the purchases online, that's, that's going to be some, a reality here. Well, it's already happening, but the, the amount of people who are making the majority of the purchase online, that's the trajectory. And so people are doing more and more and more stuff online. And the bottom line of that is, the reason I'm bringing that up is because it, it influences the long tail, which is something I've been writing about recently and sharing on my newsletter. And this, this idea that, and that's why I was asking if there's a term for this with podcasts, like those old episodes, what do we call that? Like when you look at it, say back order or something like that of a catalog, it's like before Amazon, it was really hard to get a hold of a book if it wasn't in print. I mean, you're impossible. And now it's like there's literally millions of choices on demand anytime you want. So all of a sudden these long tail books are selling and they can continue to sell. And so I look at that and say podcasting, it's in the same space, same sphere. So the more people who get online, the more people who start listening to podcasts, the more podcasts will grow across the board. So it is truly a rising tide. With that said, I'm curious your opinion on this from a podcast host perspective. What are the things that I could do as a podcast host, as a podcast creator to increase the exposure of my own podcast, uh, specifically in relation to perhaps like the community element of it. I, I don't, does that make sense what I'm asking? Like, is there a way I can leverage the podcast community to say, grow my reach or influence? Any ideas on that? As far as your community or expanding yeah. the community? Expand. Well, would it be, well, it'd be selfishly to expand the listeners of my podcast. And although, of course, I would hope I hope I'm not just a, a take that there's a give here, but if there's some way to to capitalize on this growth across all channels, is it simply just me get on other people's podcasts, get them on mine, and this kind of cross um, pollination, uh, or or any ideas in terms of like how a podcast creator, a podcast host, can leverage the podcast community as a whole? Um, uh, to grow their own platform. Yeah, and with this, a lot of times as I look for the next answer coming up, I try to look back and say, how did how would my grandfather have done this? Because while he wouldn't have understand it, understood the tools we have today, I think he understood the strategy better. And so if I would have asked him that question, I think what he told me is like, or the question he would have asked is like, well, where could you find more podcast listeners? And I think uh, Cliff Ravenscraft pointed this out one time at Podcast Movement. He said, if you go on Facebook right now and look for podcast listeners, you know, 60, 70 percent of the people will have no idea what you're talking about. But he said, if you go on other people's podcasts, you can be guaranteed 100 percent of the people that you talk to listen to podcasts and are probably listening, looking for more podcasts to listen to. Right. So if the average podcast listeners is consuming seven hours of content, even if they listen to a daily show, uh, I can't think of a daily show that's out there that's an hour long. So there's probably something else they they're looking for. So with that, you know, go to where the fish are. So if you want to build your community of, you know, in Instagram, go to people and 
coordinate with people that have other big Instagram accounts. Uh, same way, if you want to get bigger in television, go on more television. I would say for podcasts, it would be working with and getting on more podcast shows out there. And I don't think it's you know stealing an audience because we're not competing against each other, right? Uh, the, the, what we're competing against is that 60 or 70% of the world that isn't hooked on podcasts right now. So really it's to me just serving that community and you know, you've got to be very strategic and targeted on it. You know, there's 400,000 podcasts out there. Uh, there's probably just a small percentage that would have your ideal type of listeners. Um, and those are the ones you'd want to really focus on. I love it. Well, anything that we haven't covered today, Tom, that kind of stands out to you that maybe, especially kind of considering, I know we've kind of gone a bunch of different places with this, but anything that stands out to you in terms of like the person who's listening to this, who's hearing this conversation about the future of podcasting, how to take advantage of podcasts, anything else that you think is actually relevant for that demographic who are using podcasting to grow their businesses that I haven't actually asked about? Well, Tom, the, the thing that's scaring me right now is there's somebody probably out there in like 2025 listening to this. And I hope I hope we didn't make them laugh too much. I hope we got it at least the right direction it was going to. But I know there's one thing if they're looking back at this point that they would they would notice just like the same way people that listen to podcasts now notice. They know the power of the medium. They know how it connects, how it builds relationships, and they know it's growing. Right. So the question is, is if you're in business, if you've got something to share, something to spread customers to help and serve, the question is, is like, how are you going to get in front of them? And you know that in the future, they're going to be listening more and more to podcasts. So the really question that you've got to ask yourself is, are they going to hear you or are they going to hear your competition? Now, if it's hearing you, it could be as a podcast guest, podcast host, both of those. But I would just encourage people that you know uh, it's easier than ever uh, to share what you know. Um, and what you know is ordinary to you, but amazing to others. And so find a way to, to share that on a podcast. And, you know, if I can be of any help with that, uh, please reach out and let me know. Tom, I love it. Well, great conversation with that and ending on that note, where can people reach out to find you, connect with you guys, and maybe even use your services? I was going to say, since I used that example in the beginning, let's let's stay consistent there. Just go to interviewvalet.com forward slash trenches, and everything Tom and I talked about will be there. You can see a sample welcome page. Uh, so you can see behind the curtain there how it's done. Uh, I'll put the, um, the, the secrets to get on your first podcast. I'll put a checklist of um, – uh, of the ones that I use and all my clients use to get ready for podcast interviews, uh, a way to get in touch with me there. I'll even put all my social media on there. I know you're probably um, writing or you're probably driving, running, multitasking. Um, so I won't try giving you my uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, all the rest of that. It'll be all on the page. Just go to interviewvalet.com forward slash trenches. Awesome, Tom. Thank you so much for being in the trenches and sharing your knowledge and wisdom with us. It was definitely a pleasure. Thank you, Tom.